ahead and put our slide up, Jeff, of the uh, unclaimed property there. <clears throat> Missouri's largest lost and found is the title. Treasurer Fitzpatrick, have, have you all seen the site? Treasurer Fitzpatrick is responsible for returning unclaimed property to Missourians. And each year, finan uh, financial institutions, businesses, government agencies, and other organizations turn over millions of dollars in cash and contents of safety deposit box to the treasurer's office. The office currently holds more than one billion in unclaimed assets here in Missouri. One in ten Missourians has unclaimed property, and the average return is $300. The treasurer's office never charges to return the unclaimed property. Seems like it'd be in your best interest to go out there and find out if something is owed you. So I decided to. I went to the claimant login, and it was welcomed by the unclaimed property division search portal. And I put my name in there, George Kreider, and lo and behold, property number 10347333 popped up, $30.90. And then I noticed that it was George Kreider on 5530 Murdoch Avenue, which is actually my son who lived here years ago, and the money is owed him. But I thought that was quite interesting. I want you to think about it this way for just a second. What if you had a massive, go ahead and put up the next slide, Jeff, warehouse sort of property the size of an Amazon regional hub just waiting for you. At least some of that good, those goods, are for you. Well, our passage, Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29 that Sidney just read to us, says the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. In other words, there are certain things about God that we will never know. Call them mysteries or secrets. Mysteries about God that are beyond our capacity to understand, at least for now. And I, and I might pause and say if, that God himself is a mystery, and if we could figure God out, what kind of God would that be, right? So there are certainly things that belong to God that we are not privy to and will not understand. And I suspect that every one of us in this room have questions that we would like to ask God in the sweet by and by. But the other part of this passage says, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. 
In other words, the Bible is about this continuous disclosure, this revelation about God and about who He is and about how He, how he works among His creation. The, the Bible is this story of massive revelation to humanity. So I want to tie it together this way. It's all there in the warehouse. But so often, we fail to claim it. You see, in fact, over time, more and more truth was revealed through the, through the history of Israel. And as finally, as the Bible was all put together, we can see that God disclosed Himself in, in a lot of different ways and more over time, and that is for us and that is for our children. In other words, it's all over the warehouse, put there in different ways at different times, in different size boxes, in different size of containers, but if you don't mind my analogy of unclaimed property, and by that I would say it this way, it is truth that's unclaimed. It is laws, blessings, wisdom, judgments of God, promises of God, prophecies of God, God Himself, God His Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another context to help us understand it for just a moment. Jeremiah 33. In this passage, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was in prison. God's servant and spokesperson was locked up for being faithful in delivering a message from God to the king. King didn't want to hear it. Jeremiah goes off to prison. And while under arrest, Jeremiah receives additional great promises of God's judgment and then God's restoration. And I want to read a couple of verses from that section in Jeremiah 33 because I think it parallels this idea from Deuteronomy 29. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, in other words, he was in prison, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. He is receiving this revelation. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth... The Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is His name. And then I want us to all see this and read this together. Call to me and I will answer you, the Lord says to Jeremiah, and I'll, and I'll tell you marvelous and wonderful, wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Or as the NIV says, great and unsearchable things that you do not know. And if you read through all of Jeremiah 33, you'll see that Jeremiah's prayer, like the promise of Deuteronomy 29, there are unclaimed goods in the warehouse. As you go through Jeremiah 33, you see God's plans revealed, God's righteousness revealed, God's faithfulness to His truth, God's judgments, God's covenant promises. There are hints of a Messiah that will come, and God's amazing, amazing, merciful restoration in time of Israel. 
even in the midst of destruction that is going on and grief and horror and being taken captive, the, the, the promise is that God will restore his kingdom and his people. Okay. Now, in some ways, maybe sitting here this morning, we might feel a bit distant from the, from the story in Deuteronomy 29 and what Moses is, 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 is uh, speaking to the people of Israel. We might feel a little bit distant from Jeremiah and his prophetic words to the people uh, during uh, that time of Babylonian uh, captivity. We're not Moses, nor are we prophets of God uh, like Jeremiah in quite the same way. Our context is different. And yet, I believe the fundamental principle of this text, the warehouse analogy, applies to us today. And we repeat it a different way in Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. The Hebrew in the Revised Standard Version says, the hidden things of God. We can't figure them out. That is things that are inaccessible and beyond the normal reach of human knowledge. Truths that are beyond human insight. But they can be revealed by God. So here, where, how do we put all that into play then for us? Here's where I'm trying to go with this this morning. How are we to begin to understand these things? All of the promises that have been given to your life. How can you claim what is in the warehouse today? How can you apply the truths to, to your situation, to your family, to your identity, to your relationships, to your work life, to your purpose, to your, to your problems? How can we open ourselves to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing today? Isn't that the question? How do we make these old truths that were true in the days of Moses and the days of Jeremiah apply for us today? And if we don't, we're just going through the motions. So I want to suggest that there is an avenue and there's a way to move forward. And I want to suggest that what I see in Scripture is that it is prayer. Go ahead and put up the next slide, Jeff. Prayer is the portal... through which we see and we claim and we put to use the blessings of God. Let me give you a couple other scriptures and then let me see if I can unpack this. Remember James 1.5. If any of you lacks what? Wisdom. How many of you lack wisdom right now in your life? The scripture says you should ask God, James 1, 5. Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It is already in the warehouse. Here's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Keep asking, that's a prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation, understanding. 
so that you may know him better. Put up verse 18. I pray, Paul says, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That you can see, that you can claim, you can apply. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the glorious of his inheritance in his holy people. Let me give you one more. Colossians 1.9, and I could keep going. Okay, there are many more that, that explain where, where, where we see that there are what God has revealed. It's available, but it's not available to us because we have not asked. Colossians 1.9. For this reason, since the day, this is Paul speaking to the church in Colossae, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Let me say it this way. Point one. As we pray, we see what we couldn't see before. Spiritual truth that we might have understood or we, uh, we could kind of get it mentally, but we haven't known how to put it into our lives. In other words, there's this stockpile, this warehouse of goods that are ready and prayer is the means by which the knowledge becomes wisdom. It's not enough for you to know these things, church, until it's at work in your life. When it's at work in your life, that's what the Scripture means by wisdom. Spiritual truth that we haven't understood, how God's kingdom works, what our life is about, why we're here in this world, what love means, why we can suffer and rejoice, what we control and not control. All of these things that we kind of know of intellectually are put into action as we access the Holy Spirit through the portal of prayer. Number two. As we pray, we open ourselves to claim the blessings that are already waiting. The unclaimed freight. The Deuteronomy 29.29. The things that have been revealed by God to God's people. So here's the massive and immediate danger, I believe, as a culture, maybe even as a church, that we're about to lose our grasp on what has already been revealed. That's a sobering thought. 
that our children, maybe at times, are virtually ignorant or indifferent to what has been revealed. Yet there are good signs. There are good signs. Three rows of them right here. You see, we know so much. We know so much. The rate of learning in school, in, in, in our workplaces, even in our home life is at a faster rate than ever in the history of the world. Our capacity to Google the world is eons beyond what many of us could ever have dreamed a few years ago. But what I'm trying to say is that knowledge does not mean spiritual discernment. It's a head fake. And while our brains may be swelling, our heart and our spirit so often is starving. And I believe this is so true, and I speak with such conviction because I, I believe, not with all of you, but with many of you, I know your prayer life. And it's the truth teller. To fail to pray means that we are repeatedly climbing a wall of success only to realize once again that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And we have been tricked and deceived again by the evil one. Rather, it is in claiming what has already been given that our identity is shaped, that our hearts are changed, that our relationships are empowered, that our minds are transformed into God-likeness. And I know some of you have been praying and you feel like, well, God hasn't been answering my prayers. And I want to suggest this morning as someone said, is your big problem unanswered prayer? Or is your big problem unasked prayer? The warehouse remains full. And so this month, the month of May, as we look at this series, Pray and Go, <clears throat> This is a month to begin to change. And so this is a message meant to persuade. To give a, big, a little bit different angle on the whole idea of pray, prayer than maybe you've thought about it before. In other words, the blessings, the revelation, the truth, the, the, the promises that have already been laid out. Now, church, claim it. And we do that by prayer. And I'm asking you to get ready, that we can be ready as a church so that we can actually go into our neighborhoods. Well, we have to start with ourselves. And so we 
as we think about this series, Pray and Go, and we'll kick this off on June 4th, and on that day we won't have Bible classes, but we'll have a worship and, and we'll pray about our neighborhoods, and then we'll go out into our neighborhoods as a congregation. Not for long, 45 minutes or an hour, but we'll go to some different streets. We're going to start in Rock Hill, Rock Hill, Missouri, because we want to pray for every street and every house in Rock Hill. That's the goal. That's the first goal. So we'll go out and pray. We'll go out as families. We'll go out, we'll go out as, the, as, the, as teens. We'll, we'll, if you can't make it, if you can get in your car, then maybe that will be the way if it's difficult for you to walk. And then there'll be some others that are back here preparing lunch because, you know, 45 minutes out there, that will build up a hunger, right? Uh, and we'll come back and have fellowship together and continue this journey of pray and go as a church. As we pray, as we obey Jesus in prayer, I believe we will see more clearly. And you say, well, see what? Hey, I don't need to define it for you. You've got about a half a dozen things right now that you need to see more clearly. And we'll find commonality with Moses. And we'll find commonality with Jeremiah. And we'll see ourselves there alongside the disciples who asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And as we do this, we'll begin to see, just with a little bit of a glimpse, of how the Lord God sees the world. And it just might be a little different than the way you see it. How the Holy Spirit understands it. And our perspective begins to change and our self-understanding begins to change and the Holy Spirit moves and we'll, we'll see how the Holy Spirit will open doors to our heart, to our church, to our community. Now here's the task this morning. Well, saying it this morning, but continue with this task. If you're a leader in this church... I want you to pledge to help others in this church to claim the unclaimed property, the blessings that have been given to you, and put it to use. If your life is stuck, let's talk about what you need to claim and get on with obeying God. If you this morning are uncertain or hurting, I want you to pray. I want you to get with others and pray. It's doing no good in the warehouse. Will you fervently claim the unclaimed property, the blessings, the revelations that God has already given? 